ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय रीडिंग फ्रॉम भगवदगीता एज इट इज चैप्टर टेन टेक्स्ट इलेवन ट्रांसलेशन एंड कॉमेंट्री बाय हिज डिवाइन ग्रेस भक्तिवेदान स्वामी प्रोपाद we should give the biggest thank you to teshama teshame vanukam partham teshame vanukam partham aham agyana jantamaha nashayam yatma bhavastho nashayam yatma दीपेन भास्वताचुएशन there is that of being in krishna consciousness and that of not being in krishna consciousness which is called maya as paupat has quoted in this verse in this purport that krishna is just like the sun krishna surya sama maya hoy andhakar jaha krishna tahan nahi maya adhika krishna is like the sun the sun in the presence of the sun there must be light it is axiomatic and in the absence of the sun there is darkness so in the same way where there is krishna consciousness there is no maya and where there is not krishna consciousness there must be maya of course in the darkness you can bring just like this electric light or any other form of lighting by oil lamp there are also some little tiny bugs that give light do you have any such things here in this country also fireflies so they give a very little light but they can be they also are, they move around in the day but you don't see any light because their their light is overwhelmed by the light of the sun so one can get light from artificial means but even if you bring just like you see in some uh, maybe at an airport or at a sports stadium or at some big industrial complex you see there are huge what are they called spotlights halo huge halogen lamps which give it makes it very bright and over what seems to be a big area but actually it's only a very small area and i remember once this is many years ago just in the 1970s uh in we were driving into belfast at night so belfast is a city in northern ireland which is surrounded by hills so we came up over a hill and we we saw the city 
and because it was surrounded by hills it was you could see there was all light it was at night from the artificial lights and then you could see all around it was like a it's like a inside a bowl there was some soup and then so there was a, a bowl of light and then everything else around all dark so this example shows that there is some light may be had from artificial light but it is not sufficient to illuminate everything clearly and properly it only can cover a very small area so sometimes people are shocked when devotees they say that this is all nonsense everything everything anyone brings is all nonsense useless throw it out garbage sanadhavan pritya jama me kamshana people are shocked say well this person seems to be saying something good it may be it may be that they say something which is not totally incorrect we don't necessarily for instance reject everything the scientists say if they say that uh, the grass grows by the interaction of chlorophyll and light and there some water has to be there Uh, okay it may be true of course you never know they may have another theory later but probably not it seems to be a fairly relatively simple uh, observation so all right we can accept it's true it's not nonsense it's true But if they say we have studied and uh, all the interactions of nature we have concluded that everything has come into being by chance is not true it's rubbish so the materialistic academicians they may have some things they say which are right but it's like it sheds light on a very small area of reality even in the field of human behavior they may say something which uh, there are many as i was saying there are many books coming out and some of the things just like the much lauded stephen covey many of the things he says they are practical and usable in human society in human interactions and dealings some of the things I've actually read his book I've heard it so many times I know quite a, a few of the things one of the things he says is that one better to be proactive which is a sophisticated way of saying there's, a, there's an English saying a stitch in time saves nine you can get that one stitch when you're sewing so if a little hole comes if you a stitch in time you stitch, sew it in time If you don't do it, if you do one stitch now it will save you doing nine stitches later. You know that saying? You heard it? Are you sufficiently anglicized to know such sayings? You know the saying. So it's it's not something that Stephen Covey dreamed up. It's what they call grandmother's wisdom. Because nowadays grandmothers walk around with lipstick on their face and try to try to pick up boyfriends, but uh, but traditionally they were 
they had a little wisdom because they led very practical lives. So a stitch in time saves nine. So Stephen Covey has put an, an academic sounding twist on it that we should be proactive. So it's good advice. We don't reject. Means that uh, better to solve a problem before it even comes into being or when you see it come into being act in time so that you don't spend all your life in crisis management you don't you don't the ostrich puts his head in the sand there's no no problem no problem and in the next second he's dead his predator has come so like this what other things does he say win-win that's a bit of a joke no one in everyone in the mature world loses all the time so that's just a dream the spirit is good that you should try to not just try to totally exploit others but try to help them also flourish what else? Interdependence, isn't it? Begin with the end in mind. That's also, that's good practical wisdom. That instead of just going along step by step, one should have a goal in mind. Think how to achieve it, long-term result. So it may be that things that people without knowledge of Krishna conscious, they may be enlightened by the Supreme Lord who gives intelligence. They may be enlightened in various ways. But they can never come to the point of understanding Krishna by such knowledge because they didn't begin with that end in mind, I guess. They had their end is uh, how to live in this material world very happily and be good and be nice, which is okay, but it's... The, the sentiment is good. But due to ignorance, they cannot find out what is the ultimate goal of life. That, as Prabhupada is also, actually this whole purport, there is, Prabhupada, Prabhupada is just quoting dozens of shlokas without actually stating them. Because like he says, they don't know the goal is they do not know that the goal is Vishnu. The ultimate goal, Vishnu, can be attained only by this chant and by the ocean. This, this implies the verse. Say it. Natevidu Durasha ye bahiratamaninas. Next. Tepisha tantram urudamni badha. Then. Tepisha tantram urudamni badha. And I forgot the last line. Anyway, the purport is that they, referring to materialistic people, do not know that the ultimate goal of life is Vishnu. And therefore, they remain on the external platform of Maya. And they hope, they're, they're very hopeful. They say, be positive. They're very hopeful of uh, being happy in this material world. They say this, be positive. Sometimes they say, oh, you're Krishna conscious people, they're so negative, all this, always turn up birth, death, old age and disease, and the miseries of material life. You should be positive. There are so many good things of life you can enjoy. You can be happy. Why should you always concentrate on, always be negative? This is not negativity, this is reality. 
that this material world is full of misery. And the, the aim of being happy in this material world, it is the cause of distress. People think that, well, think positive and be happy, then you can be happy. But that way of thinking is the cause of distress because there is no happiness in the material world and as long as you pursue it, then you must be miserable. You must suffer repeated birth, death, old age and disease. Kishaprabhu here is by the law of his land, which he's also studied. The law of the land has made him look after old men for one year with no payment or very slight payment. And the alternative was to go to the army. So he's looking after the army. That's his job for some time. So he's t- this uh, civil, civil service, whatever it is. So he's telling that in the old, when the old men are living, they're in such a bad state that they, they can't control the stool comes out and the urine. It's such a miserable state that they can hardly move and it looks like they should die any day, but they're going on for 10, 15, 20 years like that. This is miserable. Is it not miserable? Who can deny? Only a rascal can deny. So they're hoping they can be happy, but they don't know that the goal of life is Vishnu. Therefore, ultimately they remain in illusion. It must be an illusion. Although they may have some glimpses into reality. Just like the glowworm or the firefly gives a little light at night. Or maybe a halogen light that gives a, a lot of light, but only in a particular area. So they may be expert in various intellectual pursuits. They may be expert in mathematics, in playing chess. There's a lot of intelligence to be a good chess player, although it's ultimately useless. Nowadays, you can earn money if you're good. Not as much money as being a footballer, but some kind of money. So, uh, uh, computers, they, they have some, there's no doubt. There's so many areas of human knowledge in the university. You're a professor in the university? No, they're older now. What's he teaching? He's teaching mathematics. So to be a, a math professor at the university, no doubt, requires very good intelligence. And there are so many things you can discover. Mathematics is actually, in many, many ways, a very wonderful science. The science of numbers, how the numbers all interact. And there are so many amazing things. I studied a little bit. Uh, there are so many amazing things, how numbers work out. So... It certainly requires a lot of intelligence and many insights may be there, many of them may be factual, but you can't find Krishna by this method. So ultimately one is in illusion. Just like you may have some light, but not the same as you get from sunlight. It can only partially illuminate. One cannot see clearly everything. So in the same way, when one is enlightened by the sunlight of Krishna consciousness, then maya is dispelled. And as much as we enter that sunlight, that much we can appreciate Krishna and be free from maya. It's a very simple formula. As much as we are Krishna conscious, that much we are free from mind. 
And even though we may be in Maya, we may have many, we may have some knowledge, but it's only relative knowledge. It's not absolute knowledge. Relative knowledge means knowledge that is, not uh, knowledge that is not absolute. Absolute means that which is of the ultimate principle. So we may have relative knowledge, knowledge of this material world, but that remains incomplete without knowledge of Krishna. Just like science, they've discovered so many things, but they make so many mistakes also, because they don't see the hand of Krishna. Therefore they conclude everything has come from nothing, which, of course they won't say it like that, but they'll, they'll make big, big theories. But ultimately it comes to that, that everything comes from nothing, which even a child can understand is foolishness. But they decorate it with big, big words and mathematical formula, and it seems convincing to people who don't know. Especially when they produce so many machines, and people think, well, they really know what they're doing. So they produce machines. That is to their credit on the materialistic platform. But uh, that doesn't make them qualified to speak on the absolute platform. That is the mistake that they make. So actual knowledge, that means knowledge of the ultimate principle. Atato Brahma Jignasa. Having attained this human form of life, you should inquire into the absolute truth. What is the ultimate principle? What is the purpose? What is the meaning of life? The human being has a natural tendency to inquire. And we'll see that's very strong in young children. That they'll always, all the time they're asking, what is, and that's how they learn. Otherwise, how do you learn any language? Then you have to ask, or you have to hear, you have to be inquisitive. Then you hear what is the word, and then you understand what it is. And children in general, they're always asking so many questions. Prabhupada gave the example. He was taking his son on the tram in Calcutta. His son was about five years old. So they went past a wedding party. And the son was always asking so many questions. That must be his first son. That must be Madan Mohan. was his first son. So you're asking, what is this? It's a wedding party. Well, what is a wedding? And Prabhupada was explaining to his son, it's, see, they get married. And then he asked, are you married? And then everyone laughed. Of course, nowadays, if you ask the question, it could be yes or no. No one would laugh. You'd have children and not be married. But in those days, that he had, that he had a child, and he was... He was asking, are you married? Then everyone in the tram, they laughed because there was no question of having children without being married. So Prabhupada was giving that example to show how people are naturally inquisitive and children, actually they, they tend to be very inquisitive. But what happens is the adults, they, they, they don't ask so many questions. When they ask, Actually, it was very interesting. Many years ago, it must have been in the 19, it must have been in the 1970s. I remember I saw this when I first joined the movement. It's a very good advertisement on the back page of Back to Godhead magazine, where they had a man, young man, that was coming in from the right side of the page. It's his head, 
and he was nose to nose with a young baby and the underneath it wrote what are you going to tell your child when he asks you these questions and then I can't remember what is the purpose of life where have we come from who is God good advertisement huh? and then it's Bhagavad Gita as it is this is the answer so actually people have questions but then they give uh, they have, where does the whole world come from of course more pious people they will say God it's come from God and then they'll go to school and get taught it all came from a big bang and then they won't believe in God oh. or what, what, what else happens what happened with me I was told it was God but then when you ask more questions and you can't answer them and you think oh this religion is all bogus they give such stupid answers say so if you don't believe in God you burn in hell forever well, and I'm supposed to love him doesn't seem like a very lovable person if you do something wrong he burns you in hell forever it'd be pretty difficult to love him and then then you ask questions well what happens to babies who you know before they're before they're even old enough to understand all these things they die and then they they, have, they made up something called li- purgatory or limbo limbo they call it limbo you don't know about that you're not well educated in Catholic ideology they invented a place called limbo where babies go because they didn't and then there's purgatory where if if you're a bad Catholic but you're still a good Catholic you believe in God but you don't really follow it so you go to purgatory you get burned for a little time and then you go to heaven something like that so many strangers but I was thinking Hmm. <laughs> well, what about the people in other countries who, what if you're born in another country where they're not Christians you just have to go does that mean that God likes the Irish or the, the Americans better than the Indians who don't believe it? They, they're brought up in a different culture so they have to burn in hell forever and what about you see many of them they're talking about God also so they're, they're And then you see you have to be a Catholic and believe in the Virgin Mary if you're in Ireland or, or a Protestant and not believe in the Virgin Mary. And the Catholics say if you don't believe in the Virgin Mary you go to hell. And the Protestants say if you do believe in the Virgin Mary it gets bewildering. So I was thinking there's a Catholic church on one side of the street, a Protestant church on the other side. So I'll stand in the middle of the road and when God comes I'll see which side he's going on and I'll run in. It's really dangerous, you know. And if you don't If you're, not on the, if you're not born in the right family then you have to burn in hell forever so this is all rubbish so by the grace of my Catholic upbringing by the age of about 11 I became an atheist <laughs> but then I thought later wait a minute there must be a God but these guys they don't know what they're talking about so then reincarnation becomes obvious that, I mean even my own father he's not God by any means If I do something wrong, he'll punish me. Then he'll give me another chance. So that God, if he's supposed to be our supreme father, must give you another chance. So it became obvious. <laughs> There must be reincarnation. Another chance. And many chances. He'll give you many chances. So this, uh, 
Of course, there may be a general tendency to understand these things, but to clearly understand, then how does that sunlight come? How does the sunlight of knowledge that Krishna gives, how does it come? Here Krishna is saying, I destroy the tamaha, the ignorance or the darkness, by the jnana deep, by the light of knowledge. So that similar example is given. Ajnana timirandhasya jnananjana shalakaya chakshurun militam yena hasmai shri namaha. The knowledge that Krishna gives comes through the parampara system. In the, another example is given that even if the light is there, the sun, there may be beautiful sunlight, nice bright sky, but if our eyes are closed by cataracts, covered by cataracts, then you can't see. Has anyone ever had the experience you wake up in the morning and you can't open your eyes? There's such this thick mucus formation. So. <laughs> ah, very difficult. Has anyone ever had that? I had it once. Anyone else had? You can't open your eyes at all. And it's just, you're trying to. Just can't open it. So, the, the, of course, we were, we rise early in the morning before sunrise. But so the one time it happened to me was uh, before sunrise. Anyway, again there was electric light, but I couldn't see anything. Couldn't open the eyes. So in the same way, one may have cataracts in which there's a growth over the eye. So you may have full ability to see your your optic nerve. Everything is in order. The eye, everything is working. But you can't because there's a cover. So then you have to go to a doctor and he cuts it off, right? You have to wait till it's fully grown. That's the, otherwise it'll grow again. Is that, the, is that the reason? In India it's common, they have eye camps where a group of doctors, they go, they go to some remote village where there's, a, and then all the people come, all the cataract patients come, and in one day they'll, 200 operations and they'll do like that. So many people can see again. So, like that. The, 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 the knowledge is there, knowledge of Krishna. But how to get, we all have innately the ability to see. Every person has the ability to understand Krishna. But the ignorance has to be removed. It's interesting, this by the, the cutting. Actually, this verse says, Gyananjana Shalaka, means that there's, a, there's another process. This must be the Ayurvedic process, which they apply some jnananjana, some anjana means ointment. So they apply some ointment by which that is by which the cataract is dissolved. So that's a more gentle method. In, in the modern age the operation is done by cutting. So it seems that in the modern age especially the, the cutting away of ignorance is also done by sadhus, by cutting. <laughs> There are two methods. One is applying ointment, gradually dissolved. Another method is by cutting. So cutting seems to be more favored, especially Bhaktis and Saraswati use this example. It is the duty of the sadhu to cut the ignorance, which may be painful, 
But the result is that then you can see properly. So knowledge of Krishna, Krishna is giving, that knowledge is coming through the parampara system. And Krishna, as he says, he gives intelligence by which he can be understood. But exactly how does that come? Yasya deve para bhaktir yatha deve tata guru tasyaite katitahyarta prakashante mahatmanaha. Prakasha, this word means light. So, or, or revelation. So that knowledge of Krishna is revealed to those who have firm faith in Guru and God. The meaning of the Shastra is revealed to one who has faith in Guru and Krishna. Simply, see Krishna, he is to be understood through the Vedic knowledge. But simply by studying the Vedas, one cannot understand Krishna. It's a it's a apparent paradox that uh, what is that created? Adora uh Krishna says I'm to be understood by all the Vedas and all the Vedas are only meant for understanding Krishna. But then again it's difficult to understand Krishna from the Vedas. The Vedas what is that? Vedai Ramayana Chaiva Parane Paratetata Adavantecha Madhecha Sarvatra Hari Giyate, Hari Sarvatra Giyate. In all the Vedas and the, the corollary Vedic literatures, Puranas, Mahabharata, Ramayana, the only subject, beginning, middle and end, is Hari, glorification of Hari. But it's difficult to find, it may be difficult to find. If you go through, sometimes you'll ask, have you read the Vedas? Even if you do read the Vedas, you'll find in most of the Vedas there's not much discussion of directly of Hari. You won't find there. You'll find glorification of different demigods. You'll find uh, different methods for elevation to the heavenly planets. It's Directly it's difficult to find. Actually the only subject is Hari. But Trigunya Vishaya Veda, the Vedas the original Vedas, they mostly deal with the three modes of material nature. Actually, the Vedas are meant for fools. <laughs> it's meant for foolish people who are interested in elevation to the heavenly planets by following the Vedic process. It's not, it's meant for them, means it's meant to ultimately bring them to Krishna. But they're fools, so... They think, oh, the Vedas are recommending go to the heavenly plants. Okay, we'll follow the Vedas. And gradually they're supposed to come up through the Karmakanda, Jnanakanda, and then come to Bhakti. But the, they, what happens that Evang Trai Dharma Manu Prapana Gatagatam Kama Kama due to the materialistic desires, they follow. The, the paths of the three Vedas. They go to heaven, they come back. They go up, they come back. And sometimes if there's some mistake like King Riga, they may go, they may fall through right through the bottom and go to hell also. But actually all the Vedas are meant for understanding Krishna. But it's difficult, we can't understand the purpose of the Vedas 
unless we're enlightened by one who himself knows the purpose. Otherwise, one may be a, a learned scholar, but actually not understand anything. We find there are many people, not many, but still some in India today. Previously, there were many who knew the whole Bhagavad Gita. They could, there, there's one famous Swami, I mean, he's famous among a certain group in North India, Ram Sukhdas Maharaj. So his students, they, they can recite the whole Bhagavad Gita. He can tell them, recite the seventh chapter, they'll, they'll say it off. Then he'll tell them, recite it, the verses backwards. That means the last verse first, and they'll do it. They know, they know all the verses. They don't understand one word of it, <laughs> because they're all by much. But uh, they know, they know the verses, but they don't understand. And then on the other hand, you get people who pretend that they're very big scholars. They recite a few verses, like me. I recite a few verses. And uh, pretend, you know, people, people who don't know anything think, oh, he knows a lot. But uh, there's a funny story, Bhaktisthan Saraswati Tako used to tell. That in one village, there was, there was some brahmanas who were previously, their family were very learned scholars. But they found out that, well, we don't need to be learned scholars because all our disciples, they don't know anything. So why should we bother? They give us donations and why should we bother to study the Vedas? So they completely got rid of, they, they lost any scholarship whatsoever. They only, they only, he only, the, the big scholar in the village, he knew the Sanskrit alphabet, that's all. Ka, ka, ga, ga, like this. That's all he knew. <laughs> But they were still announcing that you see we're from a very famous family of great pundits and all all the villagers thought, Oh, they're very great scholars. So one villager could understand these people they're just bogus, they're just cheating. They don't know anything. So he brought a real scholar to uh, to to show, to prove to him what a nonsense what these people they're advertising themselves as great scholars. <laughs> so the, the scholar said to the, the, the chief bogus brahmana in the village, Kastvam, who are you? So in reply, he said, Kastvam, Gastvam, Kastvam, Nastra. He's, he's all the letters of the alphabet, because Ka is the first letter of the alphabet, Kastvam. Then he, was, he said, Ka, the next is Ka, then Ga, Gastvam, then Ga, Kastvam. They went through the whole alphabet right to the end, Kshastra. <laughs> Saying all that, he didn't know what the Kastra meant, but he said, Ka, okay, Ka, Kastra, Gastra, Skalata, you know. <laughs> There's a saying that it's better not to argue with a fool because other people may not know the difference. <laughs> so, understanding this, he just walked away. And then all the other brothers, he, see, see, ah, he's such a great scholar that this, he brought, he, that this man came and he couldn't say anything in reply to him. <laughs> it's a funny story. <laughs> So like that. Some people are actually scholarly, some are bluffing. But actually, if you don't know Krishna, then you really don't know anything, even if you are a great scholar. 
There are so many great scholars. We see even today the, the Shankaracharyas in South India. They, they train up their disciples very deeply so that they can defeat. Actually, they can't defeat because their philosophy is all nonsense. But they're supposed to be able to defeat the, the Dvaitavadis, the, the Shankarites they call Advaitavadis. They, they believe in oneness only. But they have a difference of opinion. Whoops, what's that word, difference? It's all non-different, but they have a difference of opinion with the Dvaitavadis who believe in Tunis. Tunis means there's God and there's everything else. So they train their disciples. Very deep scholarly knowledge. They, are, they study so many different Vedas and system of logic and they study the Sharirik Pasha and so many different works, Shankaracharya has written, Vivek Churamani. It's uh, the, the topmost Chura, the Vivek Churamani means the, the topmost jewel of discrimination. Vivek means discrimination. In this case, it could be said to be analysis. So they study all these books, Saundarya Lahiri, all the books Shankaracharya wrote. And they're very great scholars, very, very big, big scholars. Once uh, one Prabhupada's disciple, he said that I want to study and go and defeat these Mayabhadis. Prabhupada said, don't bother, You'll be de- you won't be able to defeat them. If you try to discuss on their platform, for a start, they won't even talk with you. So you have to, first of all, you have to learn to speak Sanskrit. They don't, you're not qualified to speak with them otherwise. So, first of all, you have to learn Sanskrit, and then you have to go into all the depth and so many things. But actually, Prabhupada has presented his book so nicely that all, even if you don't understand Sanskrit, that you can understand how bogus their, their arguments are. Because their, uh, the Mayavadis there, bogus ideas have been exposed by Vaishnava Acharyas who have written many books and Prabhupada has written he's given the same 